0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Prep, the Test Prep Podcast. As always, I am your host, Naka. And before we get into today's episode, which I think is the most important episode we've done yet, please make sure to grace us with a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and to check us out at preppodcast.com for show notes, resources, and even a free SAT preview. While this podcast is geared towards helping students and parents get a better understanding of what to expect when it comes to standardized tests and college admissions, One tremendously marginalized topic of discussion during this critical time for adolescents is their mental health. More and more, we are seeing mental health become more of a central discussion. It was even mentioned as a national goal during the latest State of the Union. For parents, it may be difficult to see any issues. And then there is the other side of the coin where parents recognize that their student is struggling with something, but they don't even know where to begin. Some parents are even reluctant to believe that their student is even struggling with anything because of social stigmas. So to help us in our discussion today and to clarify all the stigmas and social lenses we view mental health through, we have a phenomenal guest. He is the assistant director of South Shore Counseling, a professor at Malloy College, a veteran test taker's instructor, and a Long Island renowned psychotherapist, Max Benezra. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. One intro. Thank you. All right. So Max, how did you find yourself working with students and adolescents?
1: Yeah, so I I've been in practice now. This is my fifth year that I'm entering in, in practice after graduation and all. I started working with students and adolescents first at the summer camp that I was working at for, for a very long time it was my first exposure to working with people. And then when I was towards the end of grad school, I came back to my roots and started working. Well, it's actually my second experience working with test takers. I worked there as a, uh, as a very awkward high schooler. And then came back and started teaching and genuinely loved teaching, loved working with the people there. But I really recognized how much I loved working with students one on one. And I especially found myself enjoying working with the students who who were really struggling to grasp a lot of the a lot of the reading and writing topics um, on the SAT. And then naturally those conversations opened up into what else was going on in their lives, which, you know, brings me to what I do on the daily, every day today.
0: No, it's tremendous. And many of our kids are still rave about you because I have a lot of their siblings uh, that, that are taking the course as well. Yeah. So, Max, uh, since you're in this field, what are, like, yep. based on the most recent data, about how many students are experiencing some sort of mental health problem and how many actually kind of address it?
1: Yeah. So that's the thing, right? There's a big discrepancy between the amount of students who are actually experiencing some sort of mental health issue and the amount of students who actually address um, the fact that they are experiencing some mental health issue, and you and you pointed out earlier really well when you said that you know the stigma towards seeking help still holds people back a lot from experience from utilizing mental health services in some capacity. But the stat is that it's between seventy to seventy-five percent of students around the high school to college age experience some sort of issue revolving mental health, but only about 18 to 20 percent actually go forth and seek some sort of mental health service. So, obviously, you know, we got a ways to go with that. It's not exactly where it should be.
0: No, and, and it's starting to become more of this central discussion on how do we create these kind of healthy habits for these students, especially after yeah. coming out of the, the COVID period where these kids were a little bit isolated. Yeah. So what are some of the factors that impact mental health these days? And more importantly, like, how is it different from the past?
1: So I would say the biggest issue that impacts mental health differently from even honestly, when, when you and I were growing up and going through school, I think that social media has a gigantic impact on the way that mental health is perceived and honestly, for, for good and for bad. In a good way, people are able to see a lot more actively the fact that people do struggle with mental health issues. But in a bad way, there's also the whole FOMO effect that's greater than ever before. There is the look at what my friend is doing that I'm not doing. Look at what I'm not being included in versus what I'm being included in. Look at what my college experience should be versus what it actually is. So that has compounded stress and anxiety and depression to levels that, you know, have certainly existed before, but are more intense now than they've been in the past.
0: And I like how it's not even the same pressures that were on parents Mm -hmm. when they were in high school. It's even different from when we were in that because I used to not not feel so bad for these students because all these students always complain, oh, I have so many classes. I was like, we had the same classes. We had all this AP stuff. We pulled all-nighters and everything like that. But it is different now. They've got TikTok, fidget spinners, Mm -hmm. euphoria, all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Also, parents, one thing I've noticed is that make sure that your students are sleeping. That I think is a tremendously important aspect because one thing I always hear from students and I see in their eyes is yep. that they are exhausted. Many of these kids are, you know, working on like three hours of sleep, or I had one student who was like, yeah, I didn't sleep last night. And I was like, you're a teenager and your, you brain, is com- yeah, your brain is this, yeah, your brain's this computer. And if it is constantly going, yeah, it's going to burn out yep. and that is not anything healthy. So parents, I would highly encourage your students to have a regular sleep schedule and stick to it. Because that I think is a very important habit. Yeah, it is. One of my first or second years as a director, uh, one of my students went quote unquote missing. He wasn't yeah. missing. He was in the bathroom for like 45 minutes. And I was like, what's going on there? Turns out he was taking a nap because he was up until 5 a.m. Right. And I was like, I completely understand it. You can talk to me about that stuff, but mm-hmm. that that's, that's tremendously important. Yeah. So- why don't we just talk about what are some like quick habits that students can kind of instill in their regular schedule to kind of base their hustle around? Because everybody wants to work hard. Everybody wants to hustle. And especially through social media, you see that. Yeah. But you kind of want to hustle around good habits, right? You can't bring yourself out. Your brain's like that computer.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of things that we could could incorporate into our routine to make the day-to-day better. And I know a lot of times in my work with With clients, and I do work with for the most part college age, high school age clients. And something that we often find is that even if it's things that are small, we've kind of been trained over time to not believe that those things are very valuable, but they are. So go to the most basic thing, which is, for example, having three meals a day, waking up, having breakfast before you leave the house. Huge, an absolutely huge thing. Making sure that you incorporate some sort of movement or exercise into your routine is gigantic. And honestly, when I was in high school, I wasn't exercising. I I was in college. I wasn't (laughs) for sure. And I never thought that that was really uh, a fundamental part of what could keep me at a pretty balanced place, but it is. And if we incorporate small habits like that, making sure that, you know, at some point within the night, even if it's turning on your favorite show for a little bit, but not being distracted, While you're watching, like if you're watching euphoria, which is, you know, mental health in and of itself, that's, that's (laughs) good. But do your best to not be texting at the same time, do your best to not be researching things at the same time.
0: That is huge to be in the moment, right? Because that whole concept of FOMO, a fear of missing out. The best moments in life, uh, students, if you're listening to this, are the moments when you are grounded, when you're in the moment.
1: Yeah, and if I were to take, if I were to take one, I'll say like a thread and connect anybody who I've ever seen in my therapy practice, and it was like one central issue that I would connect every single person with in some way or form is not being present. It's what connects all of us, and it's what is a gigantic contributor to declining mental health.
0: So they do have those apps on their phones where you can limit the amount of time that you like spend on social time, media. Yeah. yeah, I I know parent that might be a, an awkward conversation for parents to have with their students, but yeah, reducing how much time they they do spend on there. Also I remember from a previous podcast one of my students was like, "Yeah, my attention span's gone to gone to hell because I'm on TikTok and I have 15 seconds at right. a time." So it's it's these little changes that are ever Correct. present that have been with these kids that we're not like his, uh, for the most part, most of the parents are on right. TikTok, so they can't really relate to them. Yes,
1: exactly. And even like, listen, my, my, my mom uses TikTok, she likes stuff on, she does not add content, thankfully, to it, but she. Also, I even see it with her. She's on it constantly. And if my mom in her 50s is on it constantly, I can only imagine what it's like for one of my clients who it's even more of a part of their lives.
0: I remember, what was it? Last November, I made the TikTok for the students. I made a TikTok account, made it for a month. I was fully addicted to it Uh for a solid month. Then they banned me because it was too good. I'm going to go <laughs> really? with that example. But during that month, I was just nonstop on it. So I understand where where they got addicted to it. It's
1: tremendously. And it's also, addicted. there's there's a social component to, you know, we were talking about FOMO yeah. before, Bray. In a sense, you feel left out if you don't know what's going on on those kinds of platforms. So if you're not connected in that way, that also leads to feeling withdrawn.
0: So let's step back to just the academics and kind of the mental health. Uh, So specifically for academics, what is like the major factor that kind of affects students' performance? Like what factor has the greatest impact on their academics?
1: Yeah, I'll say as as a whole, and this is kind of like an umbrella word Mm. I'll say to describe it, but I would say stress obviously has the biggest impact on that. And stress is really, stress is multifaceted, right? So you have stress stemming from, School, you have stress stemming from even your friendships, your relationships. Maybe you hold a job that causes stress. But in terms of in terms of stress, another gigantic thing is also expectations. So the expectations that you have for yourself, the expectations that your parents have for you. And then lastly, the expectations that society have for you as a high schooler who should be, especially around here, entering college.
0: So Max, let me jump in because, uh, you mentioned managing parents expectations. Yeah. We have a whole podcast on that, uh, that w- uh, when is enough enough? But just so the parents can hear it for me, who's been doing this for well over like 14 years, yeah. thousands of students. This is what I do. SAT stuff. Yeah. Let me be the first to tell you that the score is not the thing that defines you. You cannot put that much That's pressure correct. on a student. It is, it is unhealthy. It's unrealistic in some points to have a student who's, like, scoring around a 1,000 and be like, oh, I want you to get, like, a 1550, a near-perfect score when you're scoring, you know, slightly above average. Don't put that pressure. The person they have to compete with is who they were yesterday, Mm -hmm. right? And that that is a good thing because at the end of the day, getting a perfect score on the SAT doesn't get you into that Ivy League school. We've had students with perfect scores, right, get rejected. Yep. Um, because they, they're looking for, you know, a good balance and, and part of that might even be they're looking for that, uh, you know, a well-composed student. Who, and part of that well-composed student is having that sound mental health basis, right? Because we've all heard stories, terrible, tragic stories yeah. from universities of students who were overwhelmed and, yep. and unfortunately decided to take their lives. I think almost every college campus has a story like unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunate that yeah. is. And then that's why we're doing this episode. That's why these episodes are so important. Yeah. So that students know and parents know where to kind of be supportive and how to be supportive. Yeah. Because just to reiterate this once more, the, the score will not define your student. It doesn't define you as a parent. And at the end of the day, it's all it will do is help your student get into school. And it does not matter where they go to school. It's it what doesn't they do at this school and how much they pay. And yeah, I can tell you
1: that from exactly. personal experience too. My my story lines up perfectly with with what you're saying you know when i was applying when i was applying to schools i was a decent student in high school honestly i wasn't really uh, i wasn't phenomenal grade wise by any means when i went to i went to newpaltz which is a suny upstate and uh, i had a good family friend actually say to me before i went they said you'd rather be like a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond i did well there i thrived there because i was in an environment in which i could excel and i got into columbia for grad school where i ended up going which by the way was a school that didn't even require a test to get in columbia was the only grad school that i applied to that actually looked at all the other factors that contributed to my application and did not want me to take the gre or the grad school exam so i'm a big i'm a big supporter of what you just said yes i do not think it matters i've seen people go to incredibly good schools and do okay. And people go to not as renowned schools and do phenomenally well.
0: At the end of the day, it's what you make yep. out of college that that would, that will always no be doubt. true. Um, all right. So Max, let's talk about how parents can specifically help their students. I think the most important thing is how can you identify some of these signs? Like what are the signs yeah. parents should look out for? Or students should look for in their friends, right? Because School is where they're, you know, kind of doing their work where they're on and the home is their safe space. So what would you suggest?
1: And I agree with what you said. Home should at least be their safe space. Right. We, we want home to be the safe space. And unfortunately, you know, that's not always a time because if you're going to school and having all these expectations pushed on you, even even unconsciously, and then you go home and you have those same expectations pushed on you from your parents, you have nowhere To go. There's no kind of just, there's no place to just really be able to feel safe and unpressured. So, what are some signs to look for? Like you're saying, I think the biggest sign that everyone should be cognizant of is when a person starts withdrawing, when a person starts to isolate. If you notice that someone who's usually very active, very social, you know, in a rather quick kind of manner isolates themselves or isn't as interested in the things that they used to be in or kind of just dips a lot sooner or in, in a way that's kind of alarming, that's something to be cognizant of, you know, why is this happening? What's going on in, in, in this student's life and my friend's life and my kid's life to make them just take a step back. That's one. And that's usually the biggest withdrawal is the biggest. Another one is if you notice beyond typical teenage i'm bothered i'm I'm annoyed i'm frustrated if you notice an anger if you notice an anger if you notice a hostility begin to develop or if you notice the kind of opposite of that which is i just don't care at all about anything and i'm not even going to try at all with anything like let's say you have you know a kid who's you know maybe not the greatest at at, in school grade wise but is really and she's really into softball for example if she suddenly is like, I don't care anymore, you know, well, whatever happens with the team, I'm good. That's that's a sign too. you know, the kind of quick switch. But if that is something that you notice as a friend or if you notice as a parent, that's something, you know, to begin that conversation of like, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm noticing that something's different about you. What are the resources that
0: parents have and students have? If they feel like they know someone who is because I can imagine that first conversation, how do you kind of broach that with a person? Because yeah. there is the social stigma and all this stuff going on.
1: Well, first, in terms of resources, if we're talking at the high school level, I mean, at least around, you know, Long Island in the city, the majority, if not every school, they do have guidance counselors. They do have a school psychologist and, and there's more mental health training that's being done with those personnel than ever before, you know, because like you said, like there is more of a conversation around mental health and the importance of it than ever before. Not that it's new, that this should be a concern, but the conversations being had about it, which is really a good thing. So that's one. um, If you're on a college campus, pretty much every college campus has a university counseling center, which is huge because it's free therapy and, and there's not, Anywhere else in life, realistically, that you're going to get it for free, so that's a big resource in terms of having that conversation and beginning that dialogue. The best thing to do, and I know people, you know, it's often I hear a lot of like, I'm I'm a bit scared to do this, but but you got to be upfront and express what you're noticing that's different. About the person, and if you say it in a way that's empathetic and in a way that shows that you care and that you just want to be there for the person, the person if, is likely going to respond in a better way. But people often are, are want to sugarcoat it or not say exactly what they feel is happening, and to be honest, it's not really the way to go about it because people, especially who are struggling, do better when you're pretty upfront about it, and not in a hostile way, but just like, hey, I'm noticing something's different. Here's what I'm noticing. So, Max,
0: let's kind of like wrap up this episode. Uh, I like to wrap up each episode with like a hashtag prep
1: pro tip. What would be your like prep pro tip for our listeners? Well, I'll say use your resources, first of all. When I say resources, I mean everybody around you. If you're a student in high school, everyone in some way or form is experiencing something similar to what you're going through. I think that right now is a time to have the conversation with people. So if you notice something's up or you're not feeling 100% great yourself, bring it up because it's being talked about. And if you open up about it, someone else will open up about it and someone else will open up about it. And it's it's a way to set, set the tone.
0: Well, Max, thank you so much for jumping on this episode with me. If any of our listeners want to get in contact with you for anything, how can they reach you? easiest way and i'm sure you'll post this along
1: with it i'll say yeah e- we'll put these in the show, show notes yeah it's, sure. it's, it's it's a long email so so i'll say e- email's great um i'll post my number two so you can feel free to reach out also i'll give i'll give you all that info
0: what a tremendous episode, Max. Uh, I do want to encourage any listeners to share this with someone that they care about. And if any students ever need a person to chat with, the TT directors and teachers, we're always here and we're always available. And we've handled most of the drama llamas out there. So we were definitely some people could give some good advice there. Yeah. So with all that said, sitting across from me, we have Max Benezra. My name is Naka. And this has been Hashtag Prepped.